Live with CDP, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast, live on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Now here's your host, Chris Palme. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP Sports Talk, Season 4, uh, Episode 48, and overall episode uh, number 213. Uh, as always, Live with CDP Sports Talk is sponsored by Barry Collins Chevrolet Dealership, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. You can check out barrycollin.com for their newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles or give them a call at 519-824-0210 and tell them that Chris Pame, aka CDP, sent you down to Barry Collin as well. And also, guys, the O-Electric uh, Cadillac Lyric and O-Electric Silverado are now available for pre-order as well if you want to go to barrycollin.com or give them again a call at 519-824-0210. Anyways, guys, welcome to Live with CDP podcast on this Tuesday, November 8th, 2022, and uh, I'm looking forward to my guest tonight. Her name is Daniel Bain. She's a broadcast host and a ringside reporter with the American Hockey League's Toronto Marlies, and she's also an anchor with City News in Ottawa, and she was also involved with the National Basketball League of Canada as well. So just bear with me, and I will bring on my guest tonight, Daniel Bain, and we'll talk a little bit about her career and uh, a little bit about the Marlies and what's going on in Ottawa right now with the Senators being up for sale as well. Just give me one second, guys, and I'm going to bring on Daniel Bain. Good evening, Daniel. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today, Chris? Good. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. No problem. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. No problem. I, uh, I always do my sponsorship first, so I finally got a sponsor for my podcast show. Oh, I love it. No, that's awesome. You got it. So. You got to pay the bills, am I right? Well, yeah, and this is something I really enjoyed doing. And uh, I, I was, as I was mentioning too, um, I'm looking forward to being involved with the uh, National Basketball League of Canada again as well. That's awesome. That's so exciting. I had a great time with them last season, so I'm sure they're up to some really fun stuff. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm just hoping they'll have more than four teams in the league this year. I'm yeah. hoping they'll have at least six to eight. Yeah, that'd be so awesome. It was tough sometimes, you know, playing the same teams over and over again. But if they can get a few more teams in there, it'll be ultra competitive. Yeah, and it was Aaron Sanders who uh, uh, mentioned me to Oddly, who gave me the opportunity to do the uh, Zoom shows with uh, the league after each game. So I really appreciate Aaron Sanders, uh, who's the voice of the Windsor Express, for putting in a good word for me. Awesome, Chris. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I'm still a work in progress and I, I have a long ways to go. But yeah, my goal is hopefully to be in radio at some point. Awesome. I love that. I love that goal. So how was your day? My day was great. It's cold here in Ottawa today. Winter's coming. We had a bit of a fake spring on the weekend. So everyone thought, oh, summer's still here, but it's cold now and it's getting worse. Yeah, this week and and I was I've been I was sick for two weeks as well. So now, oh no, yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. But I ended unfortunately I did end up with COVID, but I am Aww. clear of it now. But I am uh, for the next little while. I'm going to wear a mask in public again. Well, it's good to see you're back in action, and nothing went too wrong for you. 
No, I just I just needed to stay home and get rest and just just take it easy and that. But uh, like I said, uh, I'm just glad that I'm uh, I'm feeling about ninety five percent better now. So, oh, nice, definitely. And uh, I'm going to the Argos uh, game against the uh, Montreal Sunday with my nephew at BMO Field. Oh, I love Argos games. That's one thing I really miss about living in the GTA. Yeah. Oh, you'll like this. Just one second. I got this for the game too. I don't know if you can see it. I guess because of my virtual background, you can't see it. It's a it's a blue sweatshirt with the Argo. Oh, logo I love on that. It. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna be wearing that and my Argos hat to the game and my winter jacket as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, BMO Field's a beautiful stadium, and uh, I'm hoping they can at least get 20,000 people to the game on Sunday, at least. Yeah, I think they can make that happen, especially since it's coming down towards the end here, and the Argos are doing really, really well. So I think that they can get a good fan base out. Yeah, because there's nothing wrong with that stadium, and the, and the, the product on the field the last two years has been very good, and I know there's so many teams in Toronto, but the Argonauts, man, I, I just, I'm a huge fan, I've been a fan of them since 1979, and I, I just want to see, to me, the CFL won't be strong until Toronto gets stronger, And honestly, I don't know if you've heard this from some people, but I feel like once you get someone just there for the first time, they realize how fun it is and how great it is to be there. And, you know, it's great football. They, once you get them there once, they're fans. Yeah. My nephew likes football, but it's all NFL and uh, he's going to go to his first CFL game. And I said, listen, it's a great game. It's affordable entertainment and BMO field is really good. And, and they, and they have their $7 beer specials, $3 yeah. hot dog specials. They're giving out sweatshirt hoodies, uh, not hoodies, but sweatshirts on Sunday as part of the deal. And, and I'm taking the go train down like 10 bucks, oh. five bucks each way. Big deal. Yeah, five bucks each way. It's so accessible for so many different people. So I feel like it's such a hot spot. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but the Marley's play right at Coca-Cola Coliseum. So there's so much going on just in that general location that it's such a great spot to have events. Yeah, I, I know there's some people that are worried that Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment don't want the Argonauts. But like I said, uh, I just want to see more fans in the stands. And I don't, I don't, I don't know how they go about it. Like, obviously the team wins. But uh, maybe marketing, a little bit more marketing. But I do think they are trying. And uh, Mike Hogan has done a really good job. And Chris Bilinovich, who's uh, in charge of their media relationships, uh, have been really great with me as well. And uh, I just would like to see a good crowd for Sunday's game against Montreal. Totally agree. Definitely. So you're an Argos fan then? I am. I grew up in Mississauga, so right near Toronto. Uh, my dad would have great cup parties every single year. So definitely a fan of the Argos for sure. Any chance you're going to the game today or are you going to watch on TSN? I'm definitely going to watch from home. Um, I went to a Red Blacks game while living in Ottawa, which was cool, but kind of tough to commute for uh, for the Argos nowadays. Yeah, because Ottawa to Toronto is what, about a four-hour, five-hour drive? It's usually between four and five hours, depending on yep. stops, but... I would say four and a half. And depending on the weather too. Yes, for sure. For sure. Definitely. Hey, I was going to say, how are the Toronto Marlies doing right now? I guess they're eight and two, but how's the attendance right now at Coca-Cola Coliseum? Well, if you go based off the first home opener, it was a packed house. It was a really, really big crowd, which was awesome. 
Um, it was really electric in there and the fans were really into it. Um, during the week, there's been a bit of a lesser audience. Obviously, it's way easier to get people out on a weekend. But so far, the crowds have been pretty great. There's been no games that I've seen at home that have had barely any fans. So it's been a great energy in there. And just, I think it's really helping the team get energized. I was going to say, you got a former Gulf Storm player on the Marlies too, but I've noticed he's only played one game, so I'm not sure if he's hurt or not. Pavel Govalev. Yes, so he was actually injured to start the season. He had a back injury. Um, okay. So he only made his debut at home uh, a couple weeks ago. So he has only played, yeah, one game, like you said, but he did suffer a little bit of a back injury in the off season. So he was a bit of a late addition to the roster. I was going to, and um, Govalov, when he was in Guelph, uh, he originally came from the Peets. Uh, he was an impact player with, with Guelph in their OHL championship run in 19. And then uh, just after, and then last year as well. So I'm hoping he can recover because I think he can be a 2025 goal scorer in the American Hockey League if he's healthy. Yeah. And that would be a great addition to the team. They're, you know, they're thriving right now. Like you said, eight and two, they're at the top of the North division it just seems like they're snowballing right now and just getting better and better. So having him healthy, I know the team really wants that. So I think it would be a great addition for sure. And this is one one person I, I forgot about. I know the Red Wings let him go. Uh, longtime Red Wing defenseman Danny DeKaiser. When did the Marlies pick him up, sign him? So I think it was right before the second home game. Um, so quite early on, they grabbed him on a professional tryout agreement and he played a couple games. I think he's dealing a bit with with a few injuries right now. So that's why he's not with them anymore. Um, and of course, with some more people coming off the injury list and trying out different defense pairings, he's out of the roster right now. But he was awesome to watch. He was a great locker room guy, as you know, the head coach told me. Um, having just someone who's had that many NHL experience games. I think he's played over 500 in the NHL. So having someone like that on the team was huge, especially for all the young defensemen there. Well, it's also huge too having the, 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 the AHL team right in the same city as the Leafs, like what, 10 minutes from the Air Canada, Scotiabank Arena, sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. I still, I still call it Air Canada Center by accident here and there, but Scotiabank Arena. I miss going to the AHL games in Hamilton because I uh, I went to the, when they were the Bulldogs. I I really I lo I love the quality of play and I really should come down to Toronto and catch a Marlies game at the Coca Cola Coliseum. Just take the gold train right to the exhibition grounds. Yeah, I think you'd really enjoy it. the The level of hockey is high. It's really intense, and what's really cool about this league is all of the movement that's happening. Like you said. You know, players get called up all the, all the time to replace people who are injured. They get called up. They're given a chance in the NHL. There's so much movement that happens and teams are always adjusting. So this is such a unique league to watch because you're watching these players learn how to play with a number of different people. So it's it's really cool. When you're doing the games for the Marlies, are you just doing the weekend games or are you doing the games during the week as well? Or ideally with your schedule, more more like a Friday, Saturday or Sunday game? 
so far I've been able to make it to every home game. Um, I know there's a lot coming up that will be during the week, but so far so good. I'm making it work with my schedule here in Ottawa. And um, yeah, no, it's been great. There are 36 home games in total. So I am able to manipulate my work schedule a little bit to make it work. So I do um, work for every single home game. What were the expectations for the Marlies this year? Did, did people think they were going to be, be, get off to this good of a start? The expectations were definitely high. Um, I think they're really extremely happy with the start that they've had. I know when they do lose, they take it hard on themselves and they know what they're capable of. So I think having an eight and two start, having players that are really, really showing up and, you know, having ha getting hack tricks, having multiple point games, like these players are giving it their all. And you can hear them right when they're coming out of the locker room between periods, they're firing each other up. They're getting excited and they know what they're capable of. And I think they have really high expectations for themselves. Overall, how's your experience been like being their uh, broadcast host and their rinkside reporter? It's been incredible. Honestly, every player I've spoken with, head coach Greg Moore, they're awesome to work with. And you need to know your place as a broadcaster. You don't want to be intrusive. You want to give them respect. They'll give you respect as well. Um, but to be honest, the way I describe my experience so far is just fun. It's been so much fun. It's been really exciting for me. Hockey's my favorite sport and it always has been. Um, so to be able to cover an AHL team in Toronto, the city I grew up right beside, it's been honestly a dream come true. And it's, I'm so excited for the rest of the season. And one thing I've learned about broadcasting with Rogers TV and being a camera operator with uh, the University of Guelph Griffins, Griff Vision, is people don't realize how much work there is behind the scenes of a, a setup and teardown. And not just the hosts and the uh, announcers get all the credit. You have to have the camera operators, producer, the audio guys, the graphic guys. There's a lot of work in a broadcast. Totally. And I do have to shout out my camera guys. They have been so helpful to me, setting me up for success. They put in so much work each and every day. They get there so much earlier than I do. They're just incredible to work with, and they've been so kind, and I've just loved working with them. And like you said, these, these um, places and event spaces are used for a number of different things. There could be a concert one night. There could be another type of expo or something like that, and they have to switch things up. They have to set up completely tear down completely. So a lot of work goes into live events and it's so many people to thank for that. Absolutely. And sometimes with live doing live broadcasts with the Ontario hockey league Guelph storms, sometimes uh, things happen during a broadcast and, and you just have to go and go with the punches and stuff. I can definitely relate to that, Chris. There's been some hilarious moments where maybe the viewer might not have noticed um, a few situations or mistakes that I've made but like you said that's why I love live events and live sports is because you're always you know like on the edge of your seat you never know what's coming and you just got to roll with it and make it happen so if you have the personality of rolling with the punches then maybe you should look into some live stuff 
I'm I, in a way I'm kind of lucky. I'm doing the radio stuff with my podcast, and I'm doing the TV side with Rogers and the University of uh, Guelph Griffins. I have to admit, even before a Storm game or a Griffins game, still behind the camera, I still get a little nervous at first. But then once the game starts, I'm just zoned right in and focused on doing a good job. I can totally relate. I definitely get a little nervous here and there before certain aspects, especially during right before the beginning of the broadcast. I find I get a little nervous too. Um, but once you're in it, you're just going. And one thing that I'm good at that I would suggest to anyone else who's looking to get into this industry is you can't dwell on the mistakes. You've got to just keep moving forward. And I'm really good at putting those out of the rear, out of the mirror, just chugging along and just going on to the next because if you get in your head it's only going to go downhill from there absolutely and uh, i've made my mistakes as well but i just try to learn from them and try to keep improving every podcast and every uh, day i do camera work for the university or for rogers tv as well totally and everyone makes mistakes everyone's human um as long as you prepare beforehand and you get as much knowledge as you possibly can, then a few little mistakes or word jumbles here and there, it's totally normal. Definitely. And I'm kind of doing this the unconventional way. Um, but uh, everybody in this industry has been really supportive of what I'm doing. And I want to continue to keep learning. That's what I like about doing this podcast, doing the camera work, digital writing, freelance media work with the uh, Basketball League of Canada is there's so much to learn and to improve on as well. Totally. I know that I'm going to be learning from probably my whole career. So I find everyone I've reached out to is so unbelievably nice in this industry and getting advice from people who have been in the industry isn't as intimidating as it seems. Um, something I wish I knew maybe a couple of years ago is a lot of people are willing to help you and give you advice or answer questions you might have. So I just feel that if you reach out to someone, worst thing they can do is say no. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I would say in all the time I've been doing my podcast show, this is my 213th episode. I would say about 90%, 92% have uh, actually said, yes, we'll come on. And I guess they've seen my work on my YouTube and all my social media pages. And uh, everybody has been really supportive of what I'm trying to do. And a lot of them, like, they don't even care if I'm 50 or not. They're just being really supportive and, and giving me good advice and stuff like that. Yeah, I completely agree. And age does not, should not matter in this industry for sure. I feel like if you have the talent, if you have the drive, you deserve a chance. And even at the college that I went to, I went to the College of Sports Media in Toronto. We had a vast majority of kids, I would say, you know, from age 20 to 22 in the program. But there was also a huge variety of ages as well. I know someone was 41 when they started the program. Someone was 18. There was a lot in between, 30-year-olds. So it doesn't matter what age you are. You can start anytime as long as you're willing to learn, as long as you're willing to do what you do, Chris, and just put yourself out there. I think it's a great idea. And passion too. This is something I wake up every morning and this is something I really look forward to doing every day or when I'm doing camera work as well. Passion's probably the most important aspect of this entire industry. If you're not fully passionate about it, you know, what's going to drive you to put in the extra work? And I feel like this industry is tough to break into for sure. You definitely need to put in that extra work 
So if you're not extremely excited about media or sports or even news, a lot of people start in news, which is what, you know, I did. You got to be passionate about broadcast in general. And if you are, you'll want to put in that extra work. Absolutely. And uh, like you said, um, just being with the NBL of Canada, I uh, was a great experience last year. I have to admit, I was a little intimidated by Doug Plum, the head coach of the London Lightning, but he did answer my questions. And I was on the court uh, for their championship, went over the Kitchener-Waterloo Titans, and I was able to do live interviews with these guys after winning a, a championship. And oddly, Stevenson, I have nothing but a lot of positive things to say about the commissioner, oddly. He's a great person. I had so much fun working with him. He genuinely, you can see his love for the game of basketball and wanting to grow the sport in this country. And it shines through with what he does with that league. Um, sorry, crazy car driving by. Um, it happens. It happens. Oh, yeah. Um, but what I was going to say about Doug Plum, so cool that, you know, you're getting the respect you deserve as a media person. Doug Plum, yes, definitely intimidating at first, but that's because he's such an intense coach. And that's probably why he's such a great coach. So getting those experiences, getting to interview players, you can't get, you can't just expect to join an organization and be interviewing the top players in the country. You know what I mean? you got to get those those experiences in lower leagues. And the fact that you even got that experience with National Basketball League of Canada is impressive and so cool. And, and now I'm with uh, the National Basketball League in the States. Uh, I've made friends with their coach and GM of the Albany Platoons and Will Brown and uh, Freddie Zomaya from the Toledo Glass City. So being involved with the Basketball League here in Canada has now led me with other opportunities with the uh, Basketball League in the States. And I think it's great they signed a 10-year partnership too. I loved seeing that because it was, you know, some of those games that – we saw between the Basketball League and National Basketball League of Canada last season were incredibly intense. They they felt like playoff games and having that type of competition and, you know, exposing players to different leagues and teams. It just helps players grow. And that's the point of this league. Absolutely. And uh, I've actually made some friendships out of both leagues. And uh, one of the guys is Neil Foreman, the head coach of the Kitchener-Waterloo Titans. Super nice guy, super great coach. And I even told him, even though you guys didn't beat London, uh, two and a half out of those three games, they were in all those games. Other than maybe a bad first half of the game one, they were competitive. And they were four or five guys shorthanded too in that series. Yeah, and as the, the season went on last year, watching the London Lightning dominate all the time, it, it reminded me of one of those types of seasons where you have a dynasty team and you don't know how it's going to end up. Like it could be they go all the way and dominate the whole way till the end where the championship lies or another team comes in and ruins that season for them. And I thought the KW Titans had a chance in doing that, which is why that final series was so intense okay i'm gonna get you some some questions now too so uh first one i wanted to ask you is can you just tell my audience here i live in golf by the way so and we're without a team now so i'm hoping the national basketball league of canada will look at golf as a possible expansion team i'm just putting that in my two cents but can you just tell my audience here in golf just a little bit about yourself and where did you attend school and did you have any mentors when you were starting out in this industry for sure. Um, you know, growing up, 
I grew up with three brothers, uh, but surprisingly, I was the sports kid. So, you know, my brothers did a few sports here and there, but growing up, you know, from a young age, I was obsessed. My dad put me in a bunch of different sports. So they've always been really important in my life and just a huge part of my life. Um, moving on from high school, I went into university at Wilfrid Laurier. I took kinesiology there as my undergrad. And it was kind of one of those situations where, you know, I thought I have to go to university and get an undergrad. What am I going to do? And I truly picked kinesiology because of my love for sports. You know, there's a lot of different aspects of that program that help me today. Some that I don't use as much, but I'm really happy I went through with that program and, you know, was able to graduate there. Um, I worked for a couple of years after that, just kind of figuring out my next steps, uh, which is when I stumbled across the College of Sports Media in Toronto. And after going for a tour there, I thought, okay, this is this is what I've got to do with my life. I love sports. I love the idea of broadcasts, telling stories, you know, getting the best out of athletes. So I enrolled there, spent two years at that college, which was incredible. And in that time, I had reached out to someone who actually went to that school named Faisal Kamisa. And he's an anchor on Sportsnet right now, has been for a number of years. And he was unbelievably kind, agreed to meet up with me for coffee. We met up. And since that day, he was the first and still to this day is uh, my longest lasting mentor in this industry. He's a great person gives great advice um, and has just been a really big help here in my in my career so far. So after graduating from that college program, I started out with a television reporter slash anchor role in Thunder Bay. So I moved there last August, about a year and a bit ago. And I worked there for four and a half months doing a lot of local news, sports, some really, really cool experiences that I would never have gotten unless I took the leap and moved out there. Um, so that's just been, that was a huge, huge experience to start my career. After that, I got my, yeah, so I, I can answer to that question. My first job was with Thunder Bay Television, um, working as a reporter slash anchor there. And, you know, daily I was out in the field. And when you're a television reporter, a lot of people don't, know what that entails but nowadays it's very common to go and shoot all your own stuff so you're the camera person you're the writer you're the interviewer you voice everything and you actually edit everything yourself as well so as a television reporter i was going out every day with my equipment which can be heavy at times mm -hmm. and uh you know putting all my stories together myself and that six o'clock deadline, when the news airs at six o'clock, if it's not in by then, you're going to get some people angry at you. So that was my first job. It was so much fun. Loved the intensity. I work really well under pressure, in my opinion. So I loved the daily deadlines and just getting out in the field and, you know, breaking news, that kind of thing. So that was my first job in broadcasting. I had a great time there. I was going to say, you have to start somewhere. And, uh, yeah, you got to be willing to relocate. And I've told guys this too. I'm willing to leave Guelph or wherever I have to go to 
to start out. And they usually say you should start out in a small market to, to learn all the aspects of the industry and then, and then eventually build yourself up. That's a very, very common tactic people do. I will say there always is possibility to stay in the city you're in and make it work. But if you want that firsthand experience, moving to a smaller market is a great idea. That's exactly what I did. I have no regrets doing that. I was, you know, getting incredible story opportunities. I covered a federal election. I, I was getting really great opportunities in that market that I would have never gotten anywhere else. And I think it's, you know, if you're willing to relocate, go for it. I was ready for the adventure and I have no regrets. How long were you in Thunder Bay time-wise? So I was actually only there for about four and a half months. And how much of an adjustment was it going from being from Mississauga to Thunder Bay, which is pretty well the, what, the end of the uh, province? Yeah, exactly. It's quite close to the Manitoba border there. Um, it was an adjustment a bit because I am so used to the GTA and the large population, but there was something so awesome about Thunder Bay. I love the sense of community there. You know, people are always willing to give you their time and they want to be interviewed. They're not shooing you away on the streets like how it can happen sometimes in Toronto. Um, there, there is something so beautiful about a place like that, that has such a strong community and beautiful outdoor space. And, you know, the, in that community too, people care about local issues. They really do. So that's what drove our news station. And that's why we had such a great audience is because they really cared about the types of stories that we were able to put out. One thing I wanted to ask you as well is sometimes you get to cover stories that are kind of really difficult as well. So you got to try to keep yourself, um, have a strong, what's the word I'm looking, a strong support system outside of work. Because sometimes the stories can be really difficult to, 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 to cover. Yeah, there. that's a great, great point. I mean, in my first two weeks of moving out to Thunder Bay, I had to cover quite a difficult story. Um you know, where a young person had passed away and I had to interview their family and kind of go through that first experience. And it was tough. And you, you really got to try and put things in perspective. Unfortunately, people do die in this world and it's terrible. And what you see doesn't mean you can't feel those emotions of sadness when you're going through it and when you're reporting on it. Uh, it's just you got to keep things in perspective and know that things do happen and you have to accept them and you got to keep going. So it is a really tricky thing to do, Chris, but it's great to get that experience out of the way the first time so that you can understand how you feel, keep going forward and do what you need to do to feel okay about going forward. There's a human element to stories too, as well. One thing I wanted to ask you too, Daniel, um, do you guys have uh, debriefings after stories, like after difficult ones, just to, to talk through it out? I won't say there's anything that's permanently set up like that, um, but everyone that I've worked with so far in both newsrooms that I've worked in is totally open with dialogue. They're very approachable people. I know sometimes news news um, anchors, reporters are looked at as they have no emotions, they have no heart. Um, 
that's not true. It's just the sheer volume of stories that we're covering like that. So I think because I have such an amazing boss who's very approachable, I can talk to him at any point if I'm feeling, you know, off about something that happened. Communications, huge. Jim. And one thing you were saying as well is you pretty well have learned everything you need to, to know. And that's the more you can learn, the more you can do, the more valuable you are, either in radio or TV or whatever you want to do. Totally agree. Yeah, I'm I'm always going to be learning. So it's cool to get these experiences in and, you know, see see if you belong in this industry, because there are a lot of people who start out thinking that this is what they want. And I will say it's not for everyone. So getting those experiences in early has really helped me understand that I, I will, you know, continue on in this industry. And I do feel like I'm the right fit. Reps are important as well. Just reps and just, and, and that's what I'm trying to learn in TV. I'm trying to learn to do graphics and doing, doing whatever I can just, so I can know if I like it or not. And, and, and just the more you can learn, the more of an asset you can be. Totally. And you told me that you volunteered with Rogers TV. I also yeah. volunteered with Rogers TV here in yeah. Ottawa. Um, such an amazing experience for me. And that's exactly what you're saying. The reps. That's where I got multiple reps in with live television. And I truly believe that that really helped me um, be able to get this gig as the Marley's sideline reporter. I wouldn't have gotten my job with the Guelph Griffins, uh, Griff Vision, if I didn't uh, volunteer with Rogers TV. And one of the guys that are, is one of the TV hosts there, he knew the guy from the University of Guelph and he brought putting my name in. And uh, that's how I ended up getting my job is through volunteering with Rogers and then a connection with the university. Totally. And you know, it might seem like a grind at first and no one wants to volunteer their whole life uh, and not get paid for the work they're doing. But I'm telling you, it's worth it to put yourself out there and go volunteer with Rogers TV if you're interested in this industry, because they have such amazing resources. They're, the quality of their broadcasts are great. And it really gives younger kids in high school a great look at what they want to do with their lives do they see themselves coming into broadcast and then there's people like you and i who know we want to be in this industry and the option to volunteer is there for us to just better ourselves and better our skills and all this started out with the Guelph Nighthawks uh, a couple years ago uh, from the Canadian League Basketball League. They needed a camera operator. I was a volunteer for them. And I said, I've never done camera work. And I ended up doing camera work for them. And they ended up paying me for it. And then uh, a gentleman named Steve Fay with the Nighthawks at the time referred me to Rogers TV and they gave me an opportunity. I love to hear that. No, it's it's been great working with Rogers TV during my time in Ottawa as well. Yes, and I'm hoping to continue to to learn more with them and do more with them as well. And I just finished my 250th hour as a camera operator for them as well. Wow, congratulations. You must be a pro by now. Well, I still have a lot to learn, and uh, I want to keep learning and, and get and improving as well. Totally. Okay. Uh, next question I wanted to ask you is, how did you end up with the National Basketball League of Canada? Uh, you already answered the uh, second part. What was the, the experience like? But how did you end up with that league? Well, um, one of my friends from college came across a job posting for, for video editing. And he sent it my way. And unfortunately, it was a few 
weeks past the application deadline, but I thought to myself, I would love to do this. I'd love to get involved. So I'm still going to apply anyways and shoot my shot. The next day, oddly called me and said, you know, he was, he loved the fact that I just still applied and made it known in my application. Listen, I know that I'm late. I acknowledge it. Um, but if there is any opportunity, I'd love to be a part of it. I had a great conversation with Audley. You know, you talked about how great of a person he is. He loves getting people involved with the league, giving people a chance. And I started out video editing highlights for them. And, you know, there were some opportunities to come and host post-game shows, interviews, things like that. So it was such a great experience. And, you know, it's a great league to get involved if you want a first shot at something. Absolutely. And you get to start somewhere. And uh, I've been lucky also the Ontario Hockey League has given me opportunities and the uh, Buffalo Bisons, the Buffalo Bandits and the Toronto Argonauts. So I've I may not have gone to school for broadcasting journalism, but I, I've had a lot of opportunity, amazing opportunities and, and stuff like that as well. And I've looked into going back to schooling and I've had a couple of professors. Uh, basically tell me just to keep doing what I'm doing with Rogers, the University of Guelph and my podcasting. And uh, I'm even doing live interviews with my own microphone now as well. I think that's exactly right. And, you know, my experience in college, I loved it. I had an incredible time. And the best part about it was what you're doing every day is experience. It's so hands-on. So what you're doing is very similar to what I was doing as well. And you're just getting those reps, getting that experience. For me, going to both university and college was really interesting because they were two completely different learning styles. Um, what was so great about college was the hands-on experience. So if you're getting that already through your volunteering and, you know, stuff that you're doing on the side, I think that's awesome. But I'm not against schooling, honestly. If I was probably in my late 20s or early 30s, I would definitely be going back to school for broadcast journalism. Not that I couldn't at the age of 50. There are people that go back to school at 40, 50. So this isn't an anti-schooling uh, rant at all. I yeah, just, no. I've gotten Tony Ambrosio and a, a couple other guys on here that have just basically tell me, to, at least Drew from 570 News in Kitchener, just they basically tell me to keep doing what I'm doing now. Totally. And you mentioned Tony Ambrosio. He is actually yes. one of my teachers. And great guy. Great guy. Oh, he's a legend. He's such a legend. Yes. I loved, I loved having him as a teacher. Um, but another thing too is, you know, if you're not, if you don't have the means to go to school or, or if that's not a possibility for you, getting people like Tony or reaching out to people in the industry to get advice from, that's invaluable as well. Absolutely. And Tony came on my podcast and gave me over an hour and 20 minutes of his time as well. So oh, I love that. I, I'm not surprised. He's a great guy. And, uh, and and I've made friendships out of this, but also contacts too. contacts for friendships. And what's the other word? Connections as well. That's huge. Yes. And, you know, networking in this industry, not even for the sole purpose of getting a job, just networking in general, meeting people. It's, it's so much of a help because it shows your personality, it shows that you're personable, it shows that you're willing to reach out to people, which is huge in this industry. So I think what you're doing is great, Chris. Well, thank you. And if I wasn't with the NBA of Canada, I wouldn't have met you as well. And uh, you're right, networking, it's just amazing. It's just, it's awesome. 
Yeah, it's so crazy. Like that's I, I totally remember you coming on as a member of the media. So it's so funny. That's how we got connected in this industry. Small world. It just one thing <laughs> leads to another. And uh, just meeting Aaron Sanders on LinkedIn has led to me to other opportunities. And I hope Aaron gets a chance one day on Sportsnet or TSN or ESPN. He has that voice. He totally does. He has such an iconic play-by-play -play voice and he's doing exactly what he needs to do. He's getting those reps and he's getting more opportunities. I remember watching throughout the summer, uh, he was doing more games in some other leagues as well. So I think if you're just getting those reps, putting in the time, I think you, people will get the opportunities they deserve. Definitely. Are you okay for another five, six minutes time-wise? Yeah, of course, no problem. Okay. Originally, my podcast was called 30 Minutes Live with CDP, but a lot of my podcasts have been like an hour, hour and a half. So <laughs> uh, I just scrapped the name and just called it Live with CDP Sports Talk or Podcast and and not have a time constraint on it. And I always <laughs> double check with my guests too. Sometimes my guests can only come on for 20 minutes or some can come on for an hour and a half. So I always just try to be really flexible with my guest schedule and availability as well. Yeah, no problem at all. Keep going. Definitely. Now I got to ask you this question. Can you just tell us about your role with City City News Ottawa and, and how did you end up there and what's that experience been like as an anchor there in Ottawa? Well, I applied for this job when I was applying to a bunch of different places. This is before Thunder Bay as well. Um, so I never heard anything back from them. But while I was in Thunder Bay in late November, I want to say, um, I was reached out to by the news director at City News Ottawa. And for those that don't know, City News Ottawa is just radio here. There is no city TV station in Ottawa. So it's an all news radio station right here in the capital. And they were interested in interviewing me for the role of afternoon news anchor. So I interviewed for the position, um, ended up getting offered the job. And for me, I think my passion does lie in television. I have been so surprised at how much I've loved radio though. Um, so for me, it was a tough decision at the time. Do I want to move, pick up my life and move strictly to radio? Um, and for me, the decision was yes, because I learned that Rogers TV existed here. So I was able to do both radio and television by working for City News Ottawa and volunteering at Rogers TV. So it was a win-win situation for me. Um, and what's interesting is I actually moved to this city the same day the truckers arrived. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> Good timing. That's, that's how things started for me. Um, although I will say I wouldn't change a thing because getting thrown into the fire to cover a situation like that was absolutely wild but it was the best learning experience I've ever had. So um, it was a crazy start, but it's been so awesome to dive into the issues that are important here. Um, we joke about how, you know, people forget Ottawa's in Ontario. People always forget, um, but Ottawa is, is a huge city. It's almost a million people, um, a lot of local issues, obviously federal issues as well. So it's been super, super, interesting and cool to work here where there's always news on the go. So it's, it's been great so far. When you first got there, what were your shifts? Like, were you working eight hour shifts or were you putting in 12, 14 hour shifts with everything going on? 
because I was the newbie, I wasn't um, thrown that much into the fire. I will say because I'm one of the anchors, I'm always in studio. Um, so I was on the air at the time from two to six and I would prepare for the show beforehand with my co-anchors. So I had some pretty normal shifts here and there, but you always wanted to be on call on the weekends and things like that, just in case, you know, some stuff went down. Overall. And, um, I was going to say overall, how do you like living in Ottawa so far? I absolutely love it. I had only ever been here once before moving here when I was really young. So I had no idea kind of what I was getting myself into, but, um, incredible green space, incredible restaurants, you know, places to go. Um, obviously it's great having an NHL team right on the outskirts of the city. Um, also having a CFL team, of course I love sports. So it's been great to immerse myself in those markets and seeing kind of what's there. Um, overall, no complaints about Ottawa. I've never been to Ottawa and I guess I should go to Ottawa. I've been to more of the States than I have my own country. And uh, just talking to my guests from Ottawa, yourself from Ottawa and Rod Peterson from uh, Calgary and a number of people from Western Canada, I need to start uh, visiting more of Canada and around the provinces instead of the States all the time. I definitely back that motive, Chris, because I started, you know, traveling around Canada once once COVID happened and it was kind of hard to go anywhere else, you know, I, I made it my mission to see more of this, this country and I've been able to do that. And it's just been incredible. Definitely. And you were right. Ottawa is a great sports city. Now I have, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Senators are going to be for sale. Uh, do you think uh, Ryan Reynolds will go with somebody to buy the team? Well, listen, he's obviously everyone's favorite choice because number one, he loves Canada. I love when celebrities are Canadian and they're not afraid to flaunt it. I love that he does that. Um, you know, even on Jimmy Kimmel the other night, he was talking about Vanier, a, a small little neighborhood in Ottawa. So when people hear that kind of thing, they get so excited. And there's a lot of excitement in the future of this organization. I know they're really, really wanting to build a new arena that's in the city. Um, so it's a great, it's a great perspective option for buyers um i i think the the potential for a market like this is incredible so obviously people want ryan reynolds but like he said on kimmel he's gonna have to find a sugar daddy yeah because i think right now what are the senators worth uh i think what 600 million dollars i think so there was a report that just came out on you know the evaluations of all the different teams and things like that so i think you're right and uh, Canada, Ontario, is that about the same distance to Ottawa as Hamilton is to Toronto? I would say it's more like Mississauga to Toronto. Mississauga to Toronto, so really not that big of a deal. Exactly. And there's okay. definitely not the same type of traffic in Toronto as there is in Ottawa. So usually getting to and from the Canadian Tire Centre isn't as bad as people make it sound. Okay, because I, I really should go to a Senators game and make yeah. a weekend of Ottawa. So, okay. I just get a couple more questions for you. Uh, this one I wanted to ask you. What is your most memorable interview you've done so far in your career, TV and radio-wise, and with the Toronto Marlies so far? Well, with the Marlies, there was a an awesome moment that happened in one of the games recently. Um, Joey Anderson, one of the players on the team, 
he was one point away from his 100th point in the AHL. And both him and Adam Gaudet were on a two-on-zero empty net. Gaudet has the puck, and he passes it over to Anderson and gives him the empty netter goal. And so after um, the game, I asked him, you know, did you know that it was Joey's 100th point that he was going to get? Is that why you gifted him that goal? And he said to me, he laughed and just said, no, but he was yelling at me the whole way down the ice. And so I just gave it to him. I thought this guy must really want the goal. So it's just little things that you pick up with the team and getting to see their personalities and how much they love being on a team with each other. I found like that was just such a great interview and just seeing like the raw emotion on their faces. So that was really awesome there. Um, and in terms of memorable career wise, um, Hmm. That's a good question. I didn't say favorite because usually my guests are like, uh, there's so many, I don't want to categorize, categorize them as favorites. So I try to use the word more memorable. Well, in, um, in Thunder Bay, I actually covered an event um, for National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. There was actually a hockey event put on in Dryden by former NHLer Reggie Leach. And it was probably one of the coolest interviews I've ever done, just because here's someone who has NHL records, you know, someone who's so well known in the league um, for what he was able to do. And, you know, he told me that his most what he's most proud of is the work that he's doing after. And I find a lot of people think about, you know, when an athlete moves on from their sport, they feel lost and they feel like they don't know what to do. Seeing someone like that actually go and put on events, you know, talking about truth and reconciliation, talking about important topics, getting hockey more diverse. It was such a cool experience and getting to talk to him. And Reggie Leach, I believe he played for the Philadelphia Flyers. That he did. And he talked about his time with that team and what it was like. So it was just such an amazing experience. I see they're bringing back Cooper all hockey pants. Oh. When I was, I'm an old guy. I was born in 72, but back in the early eighties, the big thing was Cooper all helmets and hockey pants. And I was one of the first kids to have them and the flyers and the Hartford whalers and a few other teams had them. And now the, the flyers are bringing them back. It seems like the older I get retro comes back even more. I saw a clip of Travis Konechny warming up in the Cooper alls. And I actually, didn't know what I was seeing. I was like, is this like, is this the year 2022? So it was so funny, but I love when leagues bring stuff back from the past. It's just such a funny throwback. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, like I said, uh, I, the, they look great, but when you were on a flooded ice service and you got tripped up or you fell down, uh, you would go flying on those, on the, on those, with those pants. I love that you can speak firsthand about wearing Cooperalls. I can't say the same for myself. And I even had the Cooperall helmet as well, too. <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of a cool helmet, but uh, yeah, like I said, uh, they didn't last long. They only lasted, I think, two years. Oh, I love so, it. Definitely. Okay, and um, I was going to before I get to the last question, got to ask you this: since you're in Ottawa, uh, favorite restaurants in Ottawa, and uh, do you listen? Do you, what kind of music do you like to listen to? Well, favorite restaurant, easy answer. Um, I live in a neighborhood called Little Italy. So 
you can imagine the amount of pasta and pizza that I've consumed over the last number of months. Um, There's a restaurant called La Dolce Vita, and it has probably the best food I've ever tasted. I'm not exaggerating. I've been there so many times. Um, That is for sure top tier in this city. So if you're ever looking for Italian in this city, La Dolce Vita. And in terms of music... In terms of music, I will say I got to go to the Pearl Jam concert here at the CTC, and they are one of my absolute favorite bands. I've seen them multiple times before, and it was truly a legendary night. They were incredible, and I just, seeing the crowd, seeing everyone so excited to be there, it was the best night ever. Was it sold out? Like, was it sold out in that arena? It was sold out. It was completely sold out, and... Eddie Vedder said that this was the best crowd so far in Canada. So, wow, that's pretty impressive. I was supposed to go to a concert a couple years ago in Buffalo for Billy Joe, and unfortunately, the pandemic canceled it. And then the next year, we still had restrictions and we couldn't get over. And I had to fight with Ticketmaster to get a refund. And I said, Listen, guys, if I could get over the border, this was 2021, I would, but. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to. But that's one thing on my bucket list is to going to a concert at some point. Yeah, you definitely got to go. Concerts are one of my favorite things in the whole world. So I definitely back that choice. Okay. Last question I want to ask you is any advice for those who are looking to pursue a career in broadcasting, either radio or TV? And where can my audience find you on social media? And uh, I want to put you on the spot here. Grey Cup prediction. That's a good question. Okay. So firstly, in terms of advice, I would say it all comes back to the work that you put in and how much you want it. I will say there's nothing wrong with discovering that something's not for you. There's no way to know unless you pursue something. So I don't think there is any shame whatsoever in, you know, finding out, do I like broadcasting? Is this for me? And if you find out it's not, that's no problem at all. I feel like this day and age, people might feel a little bit shameful if they decide to pivot and go another direction. Don't feel like that at all. Give it a go if you're really, really passionate about you know, broadcasting and sports. I find if you want to be in the sports broadcasting world, you need to be fully passionate about both. Um, and just remember that you know, everyone's human, everyone makes mistakes, and you just got to put the work in. And if you do all those things and, you know, ask for help, ask for advice, put yourself out there, um, I don't think you can go wrong. There's really, the worst that anything can happen is someone says no, and they don't want to help you, you know, so most people are lovely, most people are so willing to help. And I think if you just go for it, you'll get there. And be patient. I know also, like, I'm not that old. And sometimes I feel worried that, you know, I'm not getting somewhere fast enough or I'm not getting an opportunity quick enough or, you know, I get worried and in my head about things like that sometimes. But remember, like you said, Chris, look at all the things you're getting to do. Age does not matter. It shouldn't matter whether you want to pursue your dreams or not. So I'd say just go for it and be committed. I have one thing I have to admit, you just summed it up right there. I need to be a little more patient because there's days where I'm like, I'm not learning enough at Rogers and I need to do this and that. But I guess you're right. I just have to be patient and, uh, and wait for my time for my opportunity. 
For sure. And you can't compare yourself to other people. There are so many people on ESPN or other networks that are younger, maybe even younger than me. And I sometimes think, oh, no, how am I going to get to a spot like that when I'm older? Totally doesn't matter. You've just got to be patient. And especially in broadcast, you have so much to learn, even if you are in a good position um, in terms of your job. So there's always going to be opportunities in the future if you keep putting in the work. Absolutely. And uh, where can my audience find you on social media? And um, and just maybe uh, just say a mention about Toronto Marley tickets and that as well. Yeah, of course. So on Twitter, I'm just straight up Danielle Bain right there. You can see on the bottom yep. of the screen yep. um, on Instagram. You can find me at the handle D Bain with three eyes. Um, and then in terms of ticket sales for Marley's, you can always go Google Marley's ticket sales. Uh, they actually have a really cool opportunity on right now where they play four games at Scotiabank Arena this season instead of the Coliseum. And you can get tickets to those four games for the price of three games. So there's really great opportunities. And I've seen tickets for the Coliseum for as little as $15. So it's really affordable. It's such a great environment. And you can... Uh, find tickets on the website and the Marlies take on the grand Ripper, grand rapids griffins my team the red wings farm team uh friday night in the on the road as well yes and it's been a long journey on the road uh, they haven't played a home game since october and their next home game's not till the 19th so you do have some time to get tickets before the next home game uh if you're interested in doing that well, Danielle, I was going to say I kept you more than 45 minutes, but I was going to say um, thank you so much for coming on live with CDP Sports Talk tonight. This is my 213th episode and really appreciate it. And I would definitely would like to have you come back on again in the future as well. I would love to, Chris. I've had such a great time talking to you. And before I forget, great cup prediction. Yes. I'm going. Who, this is who I think is going to be in the finals. Argos and the Bombers, and I think Argos come out on top this year. I have the Argos and the BC Lions. I think BC with Nathan Rourke back, even if he's not 100%, I think BC is going to stun Winnipeg, and I think it's going to be an Argos-Lions Grey Cup for the first time since 1983. Wow. Well, we'll have to see what happens. I'm going Argos because, you know, bias. Yes, and the Argos haven't won a playoff game since 2017 when they won the Great Cup. So it's been five years since they won a playoff game. But uh, I'm looking forward to the Toronto-Montreal game. I think it's going to be awesome. And uh, definitely Winnipeg-BC, I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, obviously, I won't get to see a BMO field. But when I do come down to a Marley's game this season, I will let you know. And it will be nice to be able to say hi to you in person and, and maybe get a selfie with you as well. I would love that, Chris. It'd be so awesome. Definitely reach out. I will definitely keep in touch with you on social media. I'm going to let you go, but uh, thank you so much again, Danielle, for coming on and uh, continued success with City News in Ottawa and with the uh, Toronto Marlies. As long as you don't beat the Grand Rapids Griffins, you guys are good. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Danielle. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed Season 4, Episode 48 tonight with my guest, Daniel Bain. She's the uh, broadcast host, ringside reporter, 
uh, for the Toronto Marlies of the American Hockey League. And she's also an anchor with City News in Ottawa. And she was involved with the National Basketball League of Canada as well. And I dealt with her on the uh, post-game shows this past season on Zoom with the uh, National Basketball League of Canada as well. Uh, guys, just before I wrap up this podcast show, I'm just going to let you know uh, my next live with CDP Sports Talk, Season 4, Episode 49, sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet, Wednesday, November 9th at 3 p.m. My guest is going to be Amy Lawrence, her third appearance here now. Uh, she is the host of After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Amy's going to come on and talk uh, about the 2022 World Series between Houston and Philadelphia, and she's going to talk a little NFL and a little bit about of her Denver Broncos as well. So I'm really looking forward to having Amy Lawrence again on on my podcast show tomorrow, season four, episode 49 after hours with Amy Lawrence is on CBS sports radio Monday to Friday from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. So she's the overnight host on CBS Sports Radio from 2 to 6 a.m. She does a great job. She's a huge Denver Broncos fan, so we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL, about the Denver Broncos' struggles so far this year, and a little bit about the World Series. So I hope you guys can tune into that as well. And uh, also, guys, Argo Bounce, live audio show on Twitter Spaces, at Chris D. Pame, Wednesday night at 7 p.m., with my co-host Nick Small as we break down the Toronto Argonauts' previous game and preview their upcoming opponents. And uh, you guys can follow me at Twitter, at Christy Pame on Twitter. And we're going to have a special guest Wednesday at 7 o'clock. And the special guest is going to be Rick Zamperin from CHML 900 in Hamilton and also the host of the fifth quarter podcast. post-game show for the Tiger Cats to preview the East and West final. So we're going to talk to Rick about the Tiger Cats 2022 season and their loss to the Alouettes in the East final. And Rick's going to give us his predictions on the East and West finals and maybe a great cup prediction as well. So I hope you guys can tune in to Twitter spaces on my Twitter page at Chris D. Pame at seven o'clock Eastern tomorrow with Rick Zamperin. So I got Amy Lawrence here on my podcast show at three o'clock Eastern and Rick Zamperin along with my co-host Nick Small on the Argo Bounce live audio show on Twitter spaces at seven o'clock. Rick's a really great guy and uh, does a really great job on CHML 900 in Hamilton and also for the fifth quarter, fifth quarter post game show for the Tiger Cats as well. And uh, that's about it guys. I'm just going to wrap this up one second live with CDP podcast. The audio version is now on 13 audio platforms, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, LinkedIn, Stitcher, and tuned in. And I want to say thank you to everybody watching this live on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe if you already haven't. And thank you to those watching on Facebook Live and on Twitter Live as well. If you guys can give me about 15 minutes, I will have this episode downloaded to all my audio platforms as well. That's about it for uh, it again, guys. Uh, Just before we wrap this up again, Live with CDP Sports Talk is brought to you by Barry Collins Chevrolet Dealership, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycollin.com for their newest selection of new GM vehicles, pre-owned GM vehicles, and also you can call them at 519 
824-0210. And also, guys, the old electric Cadillac Lyric is now available for pre-order through Barry Cullen and also the old electric Silverado as well. And uh, tell them that Chris Pome CDP sent you and check out one of their sales guys, Nason Lod. Really good guy. And I just bought my latest news vehicle from Barry Collins Chevrolet, a 2023 Chevrolet Chevy Trailblazer. Hopefully, will be coming soon as well. So, again, thank you to Barry Collins uh, dealership for sponsoring this podcast show. And, guys, go Argonauts. I'm looking forward to the game against the Alouettes uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock from BMO Field on TSN and TSN 1050 with Mike Hogan on the radio. That's about it, guys. Uh, again, I want to say thank you to my guest, Daniel Bain, for coming on tonight. And uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow with uh, Amy Lawrence from After Hours uh, After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Radio. Again, 3 o'clock here Eastern. And then 7 o'clock tomorrow night, Rick Zamperin will come on my audio show along with my co-host Nick Small for the Argo Bounce as well. I hope everybody has a great night. And again, thank you for watching and listening to Live with CDP Sports Talk, sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet dealership here in Guelph. Good night, everybody, and we'll see you guys tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock with Amy Lawrence from CBS Sports Radio. Good night.